What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are on this Friday. It's been about a four-day hiatus. We recall telling everybody we were going to just probably recap both Loyola games uh, on this day instead of going in between. If we would have won on a Tuesday night, we would have had one on Wednesday, but we figured that would have been a coin flip, and we didn't, and we'll cover both losses. We lost last night. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, yeah, it was a... How about these two games? I mean, there were stints in both of them where we could have won, but we just couldn't finish the deal. Yeah, uh, um, you could say the really the positive thing about these two games was a uh, good good defensive showings. Uh, we know we expect that. Um, we know that's going to be there every game now for us. But uh, to the other side of the ball, we really don't. We're still wondering where it's at, and uh, now now here we are uh, dropped. Um, six of our first, or six of our last seven Valley games. Yeah, it's it's a rough point where we're at right now. I think everybody in Saluki Nation would agree. Uh, we'll cover these two games and around the Valley, and then we'll have some separate topics. Even one discussing, uh, well, one discussing Ben Harvey because it would be really nice to have him. And then uh, uh, where we are standing wise in this new era here in these first three years, along with the trajectory moving forward. Uh, we'll just have a little bit of discussion on that. So, uh, yeah, this first game, we were in uh, Chicago on Tuesday. How did this game start off, Noah? Because uh, they had a huge run at the end of the game. But kicking this one off, we won't really dive too far. We were down by 13 at half. But what were the bright spots? Because we kept it close right at the start, didn't we? Yeah, it was a it was really a sluggish start for both teams. Uh, really a... Both games was defensive juggernauts for both teams, um, but uh, they just had more firepower at the end than us. Um, but uh, Lucas Williamson started with a wide open three from his uh, left his left wing spot where he loves to hit it. He hit one last night as well and hit another one in this game. I'm um, at that same spot. Then uh, right away Marcus got the ball going. It jumped out to he hit two free throws. So um, good to see he's hitting both free throws instead of one of two from the line. Um, then it really was just a little bit back and forth, low scoring till uh, at the ten thirty six mark at the under twelve timeout. It was a twelve to ten ball game. Yeah, and even at that start, uh, well, first seeing Marcus make two free throws, I think was a good sign overall. I think that first possession, they had or they they couldn't get anything going. Our defense was pretty good. They were moving the ball around until Lucas finally made a shot uh, near the end of the shot clock. That three. Um, he definitely shot pretty well from three in this game. But, yeah, once got to that point and even uh, layups from our bigs, which was good to see. I mean, J.D., again, it's like we go to him to start every game offensively. Uh, he got going early in this one. Uh, it's like we can rely on him for a little bit of points. And we'll talk about the game he had last night, which was the best uh, that we had as a team. But, yeah, it was it was even. I mean, it was they got up to an 18-point lead. Keith Clemens, we remember going into that game on Tuesday – uh, he didn't start. Ryan Schwieger started for Marquise Kennedy, who didn't play in the first game, uh, and he did play last night. But Key Clemens, we had a feeling because he's killed us before. Uh, by the way, what he went to uh, Ben Sims, right? Correct. So we remember him playing John A. Obviously, really talented. Of course, he goes there. He averaged about what two points this season, uh, and probably not as many games as everybody else consistently. But of course, we knew he was going to come in here and get well above his season average was two points obviously uh that was bound to happen but yeah he made an 18 10 game then they got up by 10 next thing you know at the f- like five and a half mark 
then no, it didn't look good. After Lance made a three, it really wasn't, and Cash made a three. So, the, uh, you know, cut it to four at this point. Uh, and then they ended up, you know, even and out. <clears throat> Cash had, you know, one of two from the free throw line, and then Lucas made another three to end the half. Yeah, like I said, down 13. So uh, you have the box score of the first half. Yeah, the first half of that game, um, it was not very good if you look at it. Marcus, or your two best players, Marcus was two points, 0 for 2. Um, his only his only points were those two free throws from the first possession we had. Um, he had he had three rebounds. He had three turnovers, only one assist. Um, played 17 minutes, and his plus minus was minus 11. So not a good half for Marcus. Um, Lance Jones five points, two of seven shooting, one of four from three. Um, only one rebound, no steals, which or one steal. He's leading the league in steals still. Only had one turnover, so uh, but he was still he was also minus eleven on the plus minus. Yeah, we did not had we did not have one person in the plus of plus minus at all. Steven led the way again. I would say he's he's been leading the team in bad plus minus for a while now. He was minus twelve. Yeah, it was minus elevens. Lance and Marcus. Yeah, from there on, or Troy was the closest to zero or uh, uh, positives with minus one, but. Uh, that's when you know you definitely did not have a great second half when all your guys were in the minuses. We had two bench points. I mean, it just was not a, a it was not a good first half. We thought, and obviously everybody on Twitter and everybody in general probably thought, obviously, you know, we're there, we're down 13, not great. And I remember even tweeting that, you know, elite, like they get the tip, and they did yesterday. It's like when you, you have to hopefully draw up something good out of halftime when you get the ball first to at least chip in to what they did, and we'll get to that. They did do that, and that, and that was key in both games, really. Um, but, yeah, it, not not scoring well, not doing really anything. Uh, how many turnovers did we have? We Nine. Had, yeah, and they had seven. We forced seven of their turnovers. They did not look good at times, so we'll get to the second half. Like, they, they played sloppy. They had a lot of bad turnovers. They looked, obviously, beatable, which they were. We found that out last night at times, and then obviously in the second half. So nothing really else stuck out. I mean, all the minuses honestly sticks out most. Our leading score had five. So, yeah. How the the second half, like I said, didn't we? Our first play out of – I'm not sure if you have the exact details or who scored it right at a half. Cause that was Marcus. I think it was a layup or something. Yes. Or... Marcus started right at, right at a half. He scored. We got a layup. Um, but they went down, uh, I believe, is at the kind of the end of the shot clock. A year Ugak. Um, hits a three. He can't hit that, but that's not like we see. That's not what we see from him. Um, then Stephen finally, I think he this, this was uh, over uh, uh, Braden Norris, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, finally attacked the paint, then shot his little fade away. Um, cut it back to 12. Um, we get a steal. Lance gets uh, missed a fast break layup, um, but rebound by Cash, and he he put it back in. So it cut it down to 10. Really good first half or first couple minutes. To the second half, we got it down to, what was it, um, seven? I think it was the closest we got it. I believe so, yeah. It was at uh, it was at 10 at that point. And then, yeah, it got down to seven or six after Cash hit a three. By the way, Cash's birthday was on this day. And he said, uh, even after the game, that obviously he had a lot of uh, people in attendance and stuff. And we were thinking, because he did. He, we, were, we were dogging him, honestly, after the Bradley game. He even knew it. it's good that these guys are acknowledging that they're not playing well. Uh, but, yeah, outside of him having his birthday and having people in attendance, 
you know, he played really hard, but we, we want that and expect that every night. He did a decent, or not shooting well yesterday, but he did play hard. You could tell he's playing harder, um, which is a good sign, but so yeah, and then uh, there was a start of this game, I was going to say, uh, Steven, yeah, did make that three. On that Lance steal, I remember Lucas, yeah, he blocked him off the backboard, and then Cash was right there for a nice put-back layup, um, and then Steven kept hitting, kept hitting threes, he actually was off to a good start, and you're right, we did cut it to seven or eight. At one point it was uh, yeah, seven and then, uh, or eight, and then Norris hit a couple free throws. We go down, cut up to four after a layup by Lance. That was at the six-minute mark. Uh, and then, you know, obviously more bad foul calls, questionable. I'm not sure if all these were, but a lot of them are. Uh, Norris got a couple more free throws. He's never going to miss from the line. He missed maybe one yesterday. But he got, it looks like, uh, how many straight? I think it was just four straight free throws to benefit them. Um, but then Cash made a couple, so we're down by six. But we're down by seven. And then Cash had another three to make it a three-point game. Timeout by uh, Loyola, uh, which was great. And then, of course, right out of that, Lucas layup. There's the five. He made. He had an M1, or just a layup, and then he made two free throws. They're at seven, and it's a ten. But that was the closest it got. When it was at 313 was the three-minute or a three-point game. And a three by cash. No, that's when we thought. Uh, I think uh, Trent made one at one point two before that, or near the end. Cut it really close, but that's when we know we had to take advantage of that. Yeah, that's when. That's when you knew uh, they. We we had the momentum. We had to uh, um, try to finish off our ball games because we have not been not been able to finish very many games. Maybe um, Valley games wise, Indiana State games only one that comes to mind, but. Uh, um, we've been able to survive the other wins we have, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, um, we, we're right there. It's, we keep showing that, uh, this team can be right there and compete and potentially beat these top teams in the Valley. Um, but we just couldn't get it done. Yeah. We recall, obviously we don't like really playing from behind cause we're not a team to really build up points, but this game was that way. It was like that at the start of the second half. And then at times when we cut it to this three, um, and then there was a point where you kind of knew it was the dagger, obviously, when they cut it to 10 after uh, Lucas had a drive and kick out to Ugok for a three. That's when you kind of knew it was over. Um, but, yeah, you, you would think that, you know, when it required to get a stop after Cash hit that three, uh, they brought in they brought in Chris Nye, they brought in Tate Hall, they brought in guys to help them score. They took, like, Clemens and Welch out. And then uh, I'm pretty sure – and then Lucas had a layup. Lance tried to match him, and then they fouled Lucas – on, on some crap. So that's how it ended down or lost by 12. But no, at the very end though, right? Ugok tried to have a dunk and Cash uh, tried to go for the ball. We know Cash, he's not going to aggressively try to do that. But no, we do recall, obviously two years ago when we beat Loyola at our place, Porter was not very happy. Eric McGill had a dunk to end the game. It, was, it wasn't anything like that. I don't think it was a, uh, a flashback that they did it to us. They clearly didn't need to do it. But uh, Cash made him earn it, didn't he? Yeah, it, it wasn't, I believe they called a, uh, whatever the thing, maybe a, uh, they didn't call it flagrant. Um, but uh, they just, yeah, it, he, Ugar could have easily just caught the ball and dribbled it out. Um, it wasn't a dirty play. It wasn't a Grayson Allen on Alex Caruso play trying to intentionally hurt the guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he he went for the block. I mean, he kind of, it kind of, his arm followed all the way through, but. Ugok's a strong man, so it's going to take some extra effort to try to um, make him earn it. And uh, yeah, Valentine wasn't very happy, but um, Brian was Brian was arguing with the ref why why was it called that way? And 
Um, yeah, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't dirty. He didn't, I mean, I don't think Cash is that kind of player, but, uh, yeah, it would, uh, you would have definitely would have known if Cash would have done it on purpose. It would have been a lot worse. Yeah, and I think if Brian thought in real time, maybe it wasn't, it didn't look as bad, so he thought, what was the deal, big deal, and Dugak reacted, like, obviously there could have been something called from the ref's perspective, but yeah, glad there wasn't, even though it wouldn't have mattered. So yeah, 12-point loss after we cut it to three. Um, no, I'd say the only bright spots in this game, obviously Cash getting out of his funk, and we, we've said the reasons why, potentially, we hope he could carry that the rest of the way. He led us with 16 and had six rebounds, and Noah Marcus had 13 rebounds. That's a lot. That's got to be a career high. I think he's gotten something close to it before. Um, but, no, I mean, all of those were just easy defensive boards. He was just the only one getting the rebound. But I don't. I wouldn't say he, you know, like I don't know how many of those were offensive. One. So, yeah, he was just getting easy defensive rebounds. Uh, he shot two of eight, 0 of four from three. We'll get to again after the last game of that. He is strictly post at this point. He will barely shoot any threes, let alone make them. And he, he passes up good shots. We'll get to that. He was two for two from the line. Cash was that five for six. So Marcus only six didn't help us at all. I mean, Lance shooting three of 14 isn't going to do it either. So uh, seven from him and Steven. Steven had a decent game. Need to about get that every single game. Like he's not going to assist or rebound, but he needs to shoot. Only shot two threes though, but. Seven points is about what we need him to get on average because that is exactly, I think, his average. Um, and then everything else, we know you know, Kyler barely played. Dalton didn't do a whole lot offensively. And Steven or Anthony shot once and barely played. So not a whole lot of contributions. I mean, it's another low-scoring game our defense showed and their defense showed. We talked how everything we've done on either side of the ball wasn't going to you know, really be the same in this one, knowing how good of a team. They're just as good defensively as us or better. They have more length. They have all that stuff. So it was kind of evenly matched in that regard. But they, uh, their ability to finish games is what does it. So, um, no, what would you say other positives? About Marcus rebounding and Cash maybe getting out of his funk in this game. Yeah, we only got to line 12 times, but we were 9 of 12. That's a lot better than we've improved on that aspect. Seven, 75% from there. Um, we were plus two on the boards. Uh, we don't usually out-rebound teams, the top teams in this league. We do that. Bench points, only got nine from our bench. They only got nine from their bench. Um, we usually win ball games when we outscore teams in the paint. Got outscored by six in the paint, 24 to 18. Um, but, yeah, it's. I mean, the positives is that you, it's a def, your defense was pretty good for the most part in certain aspects and held Loyola to only 59 points. We know they're not like – offensive juggernaut like a Missouri State team is but um being out going on the road and hold a team to 59 it's just um we gotta find some offense and if it's uh if our top I mean we got it from cash but it it seems like this year so far um is if cash and Steven do pretty good uh one of our top two guys ain't doing enough and that's where we gets us so uh yeah, we got to find out, find a way to get where our our top two players can get fifteen to twenty. Then we get 10, 10 to fifteen and seven to ten from our uh, Steven and Cash, and we find out some some other contributions because uh, um, we know we got we got the two top guys that get stay in the ball game, but um, still haven't found that fire firepower to be able to finish off these top teams yet. And I think that's maybe one of the weirdest things about this team is that you will not have guys do good at the same time. It's always, and you're right, it's like Cash or Steven doing good at once, and then you'll have more, like, and then Marcus and Lance won't, vice versa. 
that's been the weirdest thing. That's what that's what's bogged this team down is the all around contributions in one sole game. Uh, it is weird though that those that it, it's weird how it does that because it's you know Marcus and Lance get guarded a certain way clearly. Um, you know, outside of Cash having something to play for, I mean, him and Steven, I don't, it's just so weird. Like I said, th that's what will bog has bogged this team down, and what could is the contributions at one time. Because it's weird how it works both for our four best players to uh, not always have the best games at once. It's it's something like I said, it's something weird, something we've really never seen. Like it's just something you can't really figure out. Something we've you know with SIU basketball and team certain teams over the years and stuff. It's it's crazy, but. Yeah, the one other positive I would say is, I mean, Loyola shot 50% in the first half, and they shot 33 in the second. Uh, we made them earn it, or I would, they got most of their points at the free throw line, um, but they had a lot more assists than we did. They were moving the ball a lot more. Um, you know, obviously, we're trying to, whenever we do build our own offense, it's just dribble in place, and if we score, we score kind of deal, so we don't really get a whole lot of assists. We only had six of the team, so... Yeah, just more of those little bit of positives in the in a game where you lose, and then obviously tons of negatives that you want to build off of, because no, as we said, obviously we played this team two days later, so they came down here, made the trip the same as us, and uh, talk about a snooze fest everyone was talking about for the game last night. Uh, so we wanted to bounce back, and how did this game last night? Yeah, just out? before we dive into that, I would say coming off that, coming off a of Tuesday night. Um, yeah, it was a tough, another tough loss, but you felt pretty confident to be able to come back home and be able to um, see what we could do against them up there and be able to defensively um, kind of shut them out, shut them, shut them down at some points. Um, you felt pretty confident, but uh, yeah, this was the. It got uglier yesterday. It was real rough. Um, looking at the way it started, is uh, Marquise Kendi was back, did not start, came off the bench. Um, so, uh, it started out a really, really struggle, both teams. Um, I would hate, I guess for them, maybe playing two games in three days, um, affected their legs, but we've been playing what right. we felt like we've been playing this for so many weeks now, so we should be used to it. But, uh, jumping out, um, they started off cat or Marcus missed a pretty good, pretty good shot to start the, uh, his usual fadeaway. I think it was in the paint. Um, to start us off, missed that. Then uh, Hudson got him going two nothing. Um, it took a minute to get the first bucket of the game. Then Lance missed the three. Um, then uh, we got an offensive rebound turnover by Stevens. Um, then they missed the layup. There's a bunch of misses back and forth. The next score wasn't till the 13:02 mark when Braden Norris hit a layup. Yeah, and after Lance did have the layup, yeah, it was two two and two for a long time, and we'll get to. The bad game Lucas Williamson had, but he was good when it mattered most. He had 20 in the first game, a far cry opposite of what he had in this one. You're at 13:02. Norris did have a have a layup. Marcus matched him right away, and then I mean Marcus and Lance were getting us going right away. Noah Chris Knight was the player of the game overall, and unbelievable. It had to have been a, a season high for him, without a doubt. Um, and we'll get to his game, but Noah Troy, we did not see barely any of Troy in the second half. We wish we would have. Because Troy hit this three. He was playing decent enough defense, you know, his typical quality self and, um, you know, quality minutes. And he didn't – because after this three, we're like, okay, yeah, if we're going to have a game like this, because, you know what, I don't know what his stats are at the moment in terms of shooting the three. I guarantee he's shooting at least seven, eighty percent from three. He's only shot probably maybe eight to ten. I'm, I bet he's made a lot to make his uh, percentage enough 
if you could find it, but because I'm pretty confident that he's made the majority of his so far uh, this year. He is uh, from three. He is seven seven of sixteen for forty three point eight percent. Okay, well, sixteen threes he shot this year doesn't feel like that, but um, I mean he's made seven of them, so that that's and he's been making. I think I'm thinking of maybe like lately his last however many attempts, maybe he's made a good majority. He's, of he's them. five to nine for in conference for fifty five. So, doing pretty well in that regard. So, after he did that, um, Chris Knight had another layup. We couldn't stop him. Uh, I forgot who was in on this game at our, on our end. Just couldn't defend him. Uh, and then Dalton had a nice jumper. Um, and then uh, Norris Norris matched him. And that was whenever – wasn't that whenever Norris had the and one? Yeah, whenever it was a, a bad foul call on Lance. And uh, Norris kind of flexed when he looked back at his bench, and of course he made the free throw. And then after that, Noah Tate Hall was missing threes, but it was good. He missed a lot of key shots. So did Schwieger. No, we wanted to jump into Ryan Schwieger. Uh, kind of underwhelming against us. I think we've defended him well, but he's missed a lot of bunnies the last two games. Yeah, uh, both teams uh, and both teams missed a lot of bunnies, especially this game. But yeah, he struggled. He struggled against us. Uh, it's not like we out we out just like out physical him and was just like too strong for him, but yeah, he struggled against us. But uh, later in this game, he made us pay for um, talking how he was struggling. Yeah, well, we mentioned Lucas Williamson. I, what was he? I think he was like oh for his first like seven shots or something. Um, but yeah, he kept missing. But Chris Knight and JD were matching each other. JD was all over the floor. He had cramps in this game. Came out, came back in. The crowd gave him a standing O. Uh, we'll get obviously we said that he was he was the player of the game for sure, um, but he was diving all over the place and had it should have been an am one. He flipped it in with his left hand and then he got like tackled to the ground. But yeah, he he fought his heart out in this one. We said Schweiger and then he hit a big three in the corner, uh, the three fifty five mark of the first half. So it's it's a thirteen to thirteen game. So that was our first kind of decent lead. It was only three points, but. Um, and then Ugok had another layup. Ugok, we mentioned before, we thought he has improved offensively. I think he has. He hasn't really done – he's done enough against us. But I think over time, even games before our two games, that he's kind of cooled off offensively because I don't think they've scored a whole lot of points. But after he did that, uh, Steven, Steven had his jumper. I'm pretty sure this was at the end of the shot clock, Noah, when he had his you know, dive into the paint, deep paint, and have the turnaround jumper. Why is it that he, we only see that at the end of shot clocks? It's, it's, uh, yeah, I think it was over Braden Norris. Uh, it's a high, um, it bounced high off the rim and, and it went down. So, uh, yeah, we don't, we, uh, we expect every time I see, I think, uh, he has a decent matchup. I say he needs to attack. Um, but if it's not with five seconds left on the shot clock, he ain't attacking the rim. And it's a shame because we know his ability. We saw it uh, was it the Indiana State game in the first half. He just had that stretch where he took over and got what he wanted inside the paint, and uh, we need to see more of it if this team wants to get that extra boost of offense. Yeah, he's just so hesitant on his shots a lot whenever he gets the opportunity. It seems like he doesn't even shoot enough. We'll, we'll jump into that at the end. But after he made his, uh, and then Dalton had a layup. Noah, again, it's Dalton in the same kind of case. He could drive and finish around the rim whenever he wants, and he's really good at it. And then I think this was over Schwieger. He beat um, to uh, take a 17-15 to 15 lead. But then Tom Welch, who I think Tom Welch was sneaky in these two series. He had a he had a nice uh, alley-oop that he finished off in the first game, and he was like kind of steady at times. He was definitely a lot better than Jacob Hudson were or was. 
in these two games. But then uh, Marcus finished or had two free throws. Chris Knight again made it tied at 19. And then uh, JD had a layup. Uh, the 24 seconds left to cut it to, or make it a two point two point uh, lead at halftime. 21 and 19. Yeah, was that the uh, double team to double team on Marcus and dump down to JD for the dunk for a nasty dunk? Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, really impressive. See that athleticism from JD. Uh, good awareness by Marcus to see the double. I don't know if uh, Kat, I assume JD communicated saying the double was coming. But, uh, yeah, it was a very ugly, slow-paced first half. Um, it looked like an old-fashioned, uh, might as well turn off the shot clock, or we're going to stand at half-court type of offense almost at some points. Um, but we really showed when if we got out, out in transition, we can pretty pretty good offensive team, but uh, they're a very good defensive uh, team when it comes to transition. Um, but, uh, yeah, leading score at the half was Lance Jones with six points. Um yeah, we only had one guy in the minus and plus minus, um, was Troy minus one, only got to play three minutes and 42 seconds, and we didn't even see Anthony Diavonzo. Like we said, it's a total far cry, not only from Williamson, but, you know, obviously us. We had negatives, everybody in the first half, and then you're right, only Troy, but he barely played. I don't know how what could have happened with that. He seemed pretty positive when he was on the court. And he hit a three during that, sorry. Exactly. So I don't really know how all that works. Maybe they just – you know, picked apart his defense, which I thought was okay as well. Yeah, you mentioned transition. We are great in transition. I just always thought that at times when you wanted to push, even we had numbers at times, but we always would settle, not be able to get anything. They do have great defense. They got back of the guys that were able to get back, and then it halted you to, to a uh, half-court offense. And I would say that if you wanted to keep it slow at any time, it's whenever you just want to take time off the clock, knowing you were keeping it with them or had a small lead, so you don't give them any more possessions and time will be on your side. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, at, at times during the first half, it seemed like that's what we wanted to do, but we could never get in that transition mode. Yeah, every time they would stop it. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Lance did have those six. Lance has been bouncing back. He did not – well, Tuesday night he did not shoot very well. Um, but it's like now he's, he's getting kind of in the groove, you can tell. But Marcus, four points, one of six shooting. Um He's making his free throws. He's the only one that shot free throws in the first half. Four rebounds, two assists in 16 minutes, which him and Cash led the team. Um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously got to do more. No, it was crazy, and I guess we'll talk in the second half, that he was a lot of post in this one, and he missed He missed the 1-3. So he had four misses of in the paint. He was trying to body up guys that were around his size, and it wasn't working out for him. Yeah, it was, uh, each, like we said uh, about the last game, um, he has good opportunities from three, but he's uh, uh, strictly post now, and I believe that three miss was opened. Uh, so was Stevens. We hit, uh, we missed a couple open threes, one of seven in the first half from three, so um, that's 14%. They were 0 of 8. Um, very poor shooting, but uh, um, two, defense that is, two defenses that are really, really hard to score against, but uh, we got to change some things up on offense. But, uh, yeah, it's – it was a very ugly first half, but you were up at half, so there was no really complaints besides um, five turnovers. They only had two. Um, other than that, three assists, three assists in the first half, and I think we ended up with three for the whole game. That's that's awful. Absolutely awful. We talked about it. That's how it looked in the last game, where we uh, 
yeah, we couldn't really spread the ball around. They did it pretty well, but we were just set and, you know, whatever we were doing on offense to where we just threw up shots at the end. So no one even, you know, banked on any assists, but they had 10 bench points, so that benefited them. Uh, like we say, yeah, Kennedy did play in this one and did just a little bit of enough, not a whole lot. I mean, there was one point where Cash, whether it's this half or the next half, the Cash backed in Kennedy and actually got a layup. So Kennedy, they took advantage when Kennedy was out there. We think he would have been a difference maker, but has he? he what injury? Has he been dealing with an injury? I'm guessing. Yes, I'm not sure exactly. They didn't say. Which is, we know. Uh, I don't know who else has been dealing with anything on their team, but. Um, they're totally different when he's out there, but yeah, I mean, when you, three total free throws in the first, this was, I can imagine when you watch this game on TV, it's awful, when you're there, it's, you know, it's it's okay, and, and yeah, you're right, if we had just had a two-point lead, we, we were good enough with that, it's like, well, we played so bad, they played so bad, it's like, all that matters is we're staying with it, we're staying with them and having a lead, or if it's tied, it didn't matter, um, but yeah, they were, they were just quite, like I said, 10, uh, do you have a box score, who led them? Uh, off the bench with those 10, I'm trying to think. I guess Chris Knight had. Yeah, he, he had eight start. in the yeah, first half, and Tom Welch had two. There you go. So, and we'll get to, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, I think uh, it was a very fir- tough first half to watch, Watch and uh, I think the guys on the Arch, or, yeah, March to the Arch podcast said, uh, if you weren't a Saluki or Loyola fan or weren't one of those guys or maybe Harry Schroeder, um, you didn't watch the second half after that first half. No, it's like the people were thinking maybe teams were gonna they were gonna snap out of it, but um, one team did at the very end. So yeah, nothing really else that stuck out in this first half. I guess JD JD was solid four and five and uh, thirteen minutes with a block as well. I mean he just every like three games he plays really well. But like we said, he's he's of the type of role that it doesn't really matter. Um, but who else? I mean Kyler played two minutes. Troy with those four those negatives. Trent with 10 minutes of a missed three, and I guess, well, what was his plus minus? Because all he was doing was playing defense. And then, you know, Troy had to, or Dalton had 12 minutes, so just didn't get enough. Plus but, one. But we were doing, okay, and we were just, we were doing enough to have that two-point lead. So, um, yeah, it was, and I tweeted it was going to be another hard stopper potentially, which it was near, around at whatever point it was. So, um yeah, how did this uh, second game start out? Yeah, and the second second half. second half was kind of uh, a little little bit slow offensively, just like the first half. Um, but uh, I believe good that, for us. Yeah, good for us. Yeah, we were up up, but uh, it was the eighteen twenty five mark after a couple empty possessions by both team. Um, Lance Jones got us going with a layup. Um, we took a twenty three nineteen lead. Um, then after they come down. Uh, Two missed free throws by Jacob Hudson, which was uh, pretty good for us. Uh, Lance Lance got this little mini run by Lance here. Um, gave us another layup, 25-19 lead. Um, then there's Schwieger we talked about. He hit a three to really kind of spark them to get them back, to get, them, get them going a little bit. Um, Marcus come down, answered 27 with a jumper, 27-22 at the 16-57 mark. Um, then a little dry spell by both teams, and they didn't score till uh, Chris Knight layup at the 15-23 mark. We had a tw- still had a three-point lead, 27-24. You're right, and on that, when we're up by six, I mean, that was when, you know, when Lance was getting going, it's like, well, once Lance gets going, he was getting near the rim, getting his floaters. Started talking. Started talking. He was talking to Hudson, which rightfully so. Hudson 
way. It's been awful oh. in the two games. It seemed like he played like an oaf. We were, you know, like I said, he was in the mix of Kyler, Mast, and, and him to be like the next great bigs in the Valley after being freshmen. And I'd say, I mean, Kyler's had his struggles. Mast is an all-Valley player. Mast um, is the best big in the Valley. That Definitely. He's averaging about, what, 13-8, and eight, something about averages. He, he's an amazing player. But, yeah, Hudson's been underwhelming. That's why they start him because they know they can bring Chris Knight off the bench and it helps their bench out. Rightfully so, but yeah, he was talking to him after that, but once we got that six-point lead, it's okay, let's build off it, let's get one stop, and I don't recall the kind of possession it was that Schwieger hit the three, whether it was late in the shot clock, or whether it was just, I think it was whenever we were we were uh, losing, uh, we were trying to you know be there on defense, and I'm pretty sure they just kicked it to the wide open corner, we were kind of scuffling, didn't know where to go, and we got a late hand up on that, but yeah, Marcus didn't match him, so it's five, so we're like, okay, let's care, let's just consistently you know, keep the lead for a little bit. And then that didn't happen when Chris and I had a layup. I mean, we kept matching him. Marcus finally got going. Yeah, he would get deep in the paint. He tried to post up Chris Knight at the points in this game. was not good. Um, but he tried to also post up. Who was guarding mostly? Lucas was on. Ugak guarded him a lot. He was posting up Ugak a lot. Um, but, yeah, there was another dry spell before Chris and I kept getting layup city. Only had a three-point lead. Kennedy had a couple free throws, cut it to one, and that's when we knew. But after Cash hit a jumper, I'm pretty sure that. That was the one over uh, Kennedy, I believe, potentially. So there's a three, and then Kennedy kept making free throws. We kept fouling him off these crappy fouls and these crappy reps. Uh, but Dalton, no, Dalton had a couple free throws. And like we said, he's, it seems like he's almost perfect on the season. We can rely on him. Yeah, it's uh, he's probably turned into almost our best automatic free throw shooter um, down the stretch here. And uh, he played well for the most part in the second half. Um, he knocked, he stepped up, knocked down those two free throws to give us that four point lead at the 517 mark. Um, but this, this is where they, they kind of turned it on here. Uh, Lucas Williamson, we let Lucas get going here. Um, he came around after those free throws, hit a jumper, um, uh, made it a two point game. This is where Dalton Banks does something he never does. Um, turned it over. The, um, I think Kennedy stripped him. Um, then they go down, uh, Cash had to foul Knight. Knight knocks down two free throws, and bang, it's a tied ball game. Exactly, and we, we'll talk about – there's some things in this game at the end that's some uncharacteristic, and that was one of them. Dalton, who's really short-handed, takes care of the ball really, really well, and just all that – like it's almost like you look away for a second. Next thing you know, they have the ball, but it's like we don't even – like how did Dalton lose that ball? Like it never happens. It shouldn't happen. Uh, maybe that's just – you know, Kennedy is a, a decent defender. Maybe he just picked his pocket. It's as easy as that, but it, it shouldn't happen. Yeah, and then Cash goes down. Or Chris Knight goes down, and Cash does foul him, and he does make both. Yeah, and the next thing you know, uh, missed layup by Lance. I'm pretty sure that was the one that was easy make that could have grabbed us the lead back. They go down and transition. Lucas hits a three, um, and then next thing you know, yeah, down three. We call a timeout. And then we and then they never really looked back. Ugok had a couple free throws out of that. Marcus had did have a layup, so cut it to three. Um, and then here we go. Here's when we got it. Whenever Dalton got fouled again, pretty sure we were, were they got in the bonus pretty early in this one, and this was bonus free throws from Dalton as well. Uh, so one point game, and then uh, Chris Knight once again layup three points, and then no other again they didn't look back, did they? It was, uh, I believe that uh, over the back call got Dalton those free throws. Uh, he had a switch on night. Really good job by boxing out there. Um, he sank those free throws, cut it to one, and they called a thirty-second timeout. I thought they would. I thought we should have went back big, put JD back in to guard Knight. Um, 
Marcus tried his best, uh, and uh, Knight just had better offense there. Overpowered him, got a good look at a layup, uh, put him back three. And I think I think Chris Knight, I mean, he kind of threw that in, but Marcus had decent enough defense. It's almost like it went through his hands. So yeah, he did. I think he just overpowered him. I just him. say that because I don't think if Marcus is guarding them, if JD's in, they don't go to Chris Knight there. Um, but like you, I think you said, uh, JD would have probably fouled and made him earn it. Um, that's how physical JD like, was. Then he would have done it like not even on purpose, just yeah. touching a foul, not purposefully. Then uh, uh, we called a timeout. See, draw something up. See what happened. Cash missed a jumper. Steven got a rebound. Marcus um, missed the jumper. Was blocked by Knight. I think this is when the shot clock was going down. Then his time score possession is just so bad. I can't. I, I just it it's blasphemy almost. Um, he caught it, then shot a with like. Five seconds left to shot clock. Had to throw one up. Um, Norris rebound. Of course, he gets the ball. He missed one of the free throws. Um, he went one for two. We're down four. Then uh, Steven had to force one up. Of course, here we go with our stinking offense. We have to waste 15 seconds to get a three off when we could have just got a quick layup, just play the foul game or something. Um, we had to force up a three by Steven. Then that was the ball game. Yeah, and that one with Marcus where, I mean, Chris Knight was, yeah, he was blocking shots along with scoring. Yeah, I mean, man, Marcus felt like there was like one, exactly, he doesn't know what's going on because he thought there was like one second left. So he threw up the fadeaway after he got it back after a block. And granted, like, what else could we have gotten if we would have stopped and put it, you know, back into the top of the key or something? Nothing would have happened, but that's just, yeah, that proves again that he just, he is unaware of the time a lot. There was a point in this game where we had almost, we did have a shot clock violation. A game where Marcus didn't know, and he threw it to Trent for a missed three. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's it, – it, and we'll get to it. I mean, it comes down to the execution on some points. Like, there was a point also where Trent got it underneath the basket off a uh, – underneath the basket inbounds, and he bobbled it, tried to force it, missed it. They got the rebound, and then he fouled them. So it's like when you do stuff like that, you kind of just put yourself in a bind. Um, but, yeah, other than – you're right, and then that one where – after Dalton fouled Norris and he did make one of two, and then Steven goes down. We, you know, relatively okay time left, but it's almost like give it to Lance and he'll go drive for a layup. He didn't need a three, and Steven forced a three up that led to the foul by Marcus. And then as soon as Tate ha- Tate Hall got fouled, everybody know it was crazy how many people were leaving the arena at that point, and that's I think should have been a sign to the team and the staff of the team in general that you need to finish games and you look up and then the whole crowd's leaving. That's not what you want. Yeah, it's it, it's when those when you see the the staircases with full people headed to the exit, it's uh it's not a good sign, and you know you know that uh you can you can thank them for coming out and supporting you guys, and you tell us uh um they tell us that the crowd is what them gets them through some tough times, and uh, we thought we could do that last night, um, dropping another one, not being able to finish another game, it's just. It's getting frustrating. Uh, it's it's constant. It's we've not learned how to put together this the defensive effort. Um, you can't appreciate that enough. This team gives the effort they give them on the defensive side of the ball. I think it maybe that that sometimes uh, is why our offense is so bad that they give so much effort and exert so much effort on that defensive side of the ball where. We have to come down and run 20 seconds just so they can get a break or something that feels like at some points. Um, but, yeah, you never want to see the crowd hitting the exit like that last night. 
you make a good point. You make a good point there because if we do exert all that energy on defense, which it seems like we do, that's why we're one of the best defensive teams in the country. But that leads to t- to uh, to tiredness, for lack of a better word, uh, for a smarter word, um, on offense. Yeah, it, it seems like, and we talk about our offense a lot of the time, where we do it every single time, and then we work our way to Marcus in the paint, where he can find guys. It's like even before that happens, when you have the action off the screens and you hand it off, it's once once you get at least 15 seconds, halfway through the shot clock in that possession of doing that, you've got to figure out something else you do, whether it's openings. There were multiple times in this game, and one that sticks out that J.D. tried to have a off-ball screen on whoever. I think it was Marcus that had it at the free throw line in the second half. And J.D. was so worried about setting an off-ball screen that he could have slipped it and had it wide open at the rim. It's just some of these guys need to go off script a lot of the time offensively because they're, they're going through the motion so much and not knowing where the openings are to where hopefully your teammate can find you in those spots. I think that's what it, they're so entrenched in the offense that they don't take advantage or even off those screens and those handoffs where they don't penetrate and get something. like. I think the offense is fine in terms of what you do. It's just what you do after the fact. Yeah, could we come up with something different every now and then off the court instead of the same thing? And even though I remember seeing uh, March or some mid-major or mid-major madness account was posting about it, the game in general, and a Loyola fan or Chicago fan literally said, um, you know, it's easy to guard this stuff. It's the same when you come do it down the court, the exact same every time. It's easy to guard Loyola. Like I said, you can do it against other teams. Loyola has literally matched you defensively as well. They're, they're too smart, and whoever it was that said these teams know each other way too well, it's like they do because they just played each other two nights there. But um, right now, I mean, that's just about you know executing off of that offense because they don't take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, it's just wasteful, wasteful opportunities. And uh, I'm trying to think here of the, the Brian Mullins keys of the games. I think it was something to do. If I go back here real quick, something to do with value possessions or something like that. Um, let me look here real quick. They had we had more rebounds and points in this game. So yeah, we they just we out rebounded by six. I think this game. It's just we can't do that. Um, let me see. Oh, right here, number three, capitalize on opportunities, and you can definitely say you did not do that. You own, number two was own the boards, and number one was own the transition game which there wasn't very much transition game in this. Uh, we uh, got outscored 7-0 in fast break points. So um, over, over uh, one for three on that and the keys of the game by your coach. Um, but, yeah, just jumping in the box score here. Um, Lance led the way 12 points. He was 6-13. That's not too bad. Um, four rebounds, had three turnovers, only one steal in this game. Um, not a too bad of a night for Lance. Um, the couple threes uh, probably probably could have got better shots. That's where I, I need to start. I'm, I think I'm going to start counting um, either things we just have to jack up at the end. I'm going to start just marking down as turnovers because we have some bad shot selection, just wasting, wasting possessions at some points. Um, but not a bad night for Lance. Like we said, he's kind of kicking the gear offensively. Um, it's just those possessions with Lance. It's kind of like how we said with Dalton, uncharacteristic of him to lose it. I guess it's really not uncharacteristic for Lance to have some of the shots that he does. Like we'll literally be in a groove offensively. We'll get a stop. And we talked about it earlier that he wants to like get fouled so bad that he is willing to do anything. He'll throw it over his head while he's slipping 
trying to draw the foul. It's, it's honestly funny to watch because that's the kind of player he is. He knows he can score well, really, if he wants to. It's just he can beat anybody off the dribble. Like he was doing that tonight or last night. It's just the fact that you have these defenders that just won't allow you to do it over anybody else. Um, it, it's insane. I mean, Lance can screw us in games for sure with some of those shots, but no, at least he's trying to score. Like we can. We can, you know, appreciate him willingness to do that over guys that aren't willing to shoot at all or score. Like even Marcus, who Marcus and Lance are trying to force so much on our team. You see that from Lance, but then you see Marcus trying to back down Chris Knight, who outweighs him by at least 30 pounds and is just stronger than he is. And he, he just gets blocked or he throws it up and misses. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, Marcus looking at his game, 4 of 18, 0 of, 0 of 3 from 3. Two of two from the line. We didn't miss a free throw in this game. We only got there six times, though. Um, but he had ten points, nine rebounds, almost a double-double for Marcus. Um, only two assists, no turnovers. Um, but he's uh, he's got to be able to finish the shots. He um, it's not he missed a couple bunnies that were just wide open at some points. But these are the shots we're used to him making, and he's just not finishing right now. Um, I know one really wide open layup he just like he's ex- like he's these two guys are getting hacked and I don't know what it's going to take for these two guys to get the star calls everybody else in the league is it's getting kind of ridiculous like I think there was one wide open layup that he just overpowered it overpowered it and shot it over the rim like he's expecting to get fouled with contact or something because it's getting ridiculous but four of 18 when you're two stars combined for 22 points we only scored 39 though but um 10, 10 of 31, that's not going to cut it. No, and you're right. We recall that play. He had Norris on him that he should always take advantage of, and he beat him exactly to the rim, and he did overpower it, whether it's just him thinking he was going to get fouled or he literally just – it's all mental, and it's like how you just lay it up. and It's it's so hard to explain. This is like, it's like we said, this is the weirdest season in a team that we can remember, really, due to all of these things that go wrong. Um, but, yeah, I mean – we just said with Lance, at least we're admiring the fact that he will look to score. Obviously, he's one of the best players of the team. But Marcus, like, he is strictly post player. Like, it, it, it seems like it's gotten to this point. Like, he's probably not shooting well from three this year. And he's probably not just his, – his three numbers are way down. You know, obviously, it seems like he's like a stretch four, right? just a trailer. That seems like exactly what he is. But um, – He's strictly post. I mean, obviously, we run our offense through him to get in the post, but then he's literally just strictly fadeaways or getting to the rim, but he doesn't do it consistently. Like, there's one thing to, to know that's the one thing you do when you don't do it consistently. It's just obviously that's a recipe to lose every single time. But, I mean, those guys are going to do their best, whether they screw it. I mean, those are the two guys that will live and die with what they do because we don't have anybody else to, to rely on. So we'll live and die with their goods and their bads. That's bottom line of kind of team that we are. So we'll get to others, but Noah had, or Marcus had nine rebounds. So he's been rebounding really well lately, and then he was matched by J.D. with those nine. And J.D., again, only still had four points. But uh, he knows his role, Noah, and two other guys that know their role, I would hope, but don't do it consistently. Well, we've said that word a hundred-something times the last week. But uh, Stephen and Cash, again, Noah, combined two of 11 from the field, did not make any threes. Cash only shot two threes, which is weird. Like we said, it's, it, he usually averages around six threes a game, it seems like. But seven rebounds, but those two, Noah, again, were, are the killer for us, not doing anything. Yeah, he's uh only thing Cash is, well, besides Tuesday night, 
um, he got going. But, yeah, he had seven rebounds. He's the least rebounding the ball. Um, Steven had four of those. Uh, Steven, I guess, was in foul trouble, had four fouls. Um, but, uh, yeah, just like you said, the word we've been using with these two are inconsistent. Um, it's either, like we said during the when we were talking about the last game, it's either these guys do something one of our stars doesn't or our two stars do something these guys do nothing. Um, it's frustrating. Um, like I said, I've been talking about maybe it's time to do a little lineup change. I don't know. Maybe I know. Maybe it'll lower their either that'll show them. Hey, we gotta maybe. I think either Trent or Dalton for Steven. Maybe that would work out or something. Maybe that would see that would show Steven that he needs to get in high gear. Um, I'm pretty sure besides that last three, he had to jack up all three, all four or all the other three were good shots. Um, he's just not hitting right now. And uh, yeah, we're this team's going nowhere if we can't find that third guy. And you mentioned the lineups. I mean, that's what we were hoping for, whatever game it was, our, our last home game going in. And then we talked about this Loyola series of the matchups. We talked about if we would have, you know, if we could start somebody. Like if, if once Chris Knight comes in the game, you bring JD in, but you start somebody else. Like literally hoping that that's what it'll be at some point, but that doesn't seem like that will continue to be the case. So ride or die with that rotation, which we talked about, it's kind of, been a sketchy rotation, Noah, because I also look at the bench points. We only had nine. We are struggling from that regard. You recall the last couple times, not even a couple games ago, we were good at bench points because Anthony D'Alonzo was leading the way. Granted, he's been bad at times in games where he doesn't play. He shoots like once or twice and doesn't do good on either end. But Noah, he didn't play in this game. He was going to check in at one point, and then there's a media timeout, and then he got back out. And even guys like Troy, who made the three and did relatively well, didn't play in the second half. And then Kyler as well. It's like, you, I think that's why you, we, we, whatever at the end of games, we don't do well. It's because our guys are out there exhausted because they don't have, you know, the depth behind them. Even Trent, who plays decent amount, didn't do a whole lot. So it's like, you either have guys that don't do it and don't play at all or do play and don't do anything. But no, we got to have a deeper bench if we want to, well, one, match Loyola or just, you know, not wear down at the end of games. Yeah, it's the uh, it's their rotation that they I guess they keep saying um, they still haven't figured it out yet or something because it's getting kind of frustrating. I feel for Anthony. Um, it's kind of been a waste of his extra year, and uh, I don't know exactly. We, obviously, we don't know the conversations they had for him to come back. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kyler only played five minutes, and we felt like Troy gave us a good stretch in the first half, and he can't see the floor in the second half. Um, I felt this was the wrong game to cut the bench um, in that second half because uh, Troy, how do you know he doesn't hit another spark plug three in that second half or Kyler can't give you a basket because he got two good looks in the first half, but he couldn't capitalize. How do you know he can't do that in the second half? Or how do you know Anthony, how many times do we have to say Anthony when Anthony plays, good things happen? How do you know we don't go on a little run with Anthony in the second half? I still don't know why we can't play him. Um, yeah, I mean – yeah, you can say Chris Knight's a mismatch, but you had Marcus Damas guarding Chris Knight at the end of the ballgame, so I think Anthony would just put up a better fight. He, We saw it last year down the stretch how big Anthony was. Yeah, Marcus was out, and he had to do it, but um, we think we he can do it now for us and give us that extra boost because I can promise you if he gets enough minutes, he can give you 8 to 10 points, and that doesn't put everything on the shoulders of maybe Cash or Steven or one of these other guys off the bench. 
Yes, and you mentioned like what they could have said to Anthony coming back. It's like, yeah, well, Kyler, we expect to take the next step. Like when you convince him to come back, it's like you might as well use that extra year instead of going into the real world. You know, saying you know you had a great end of the season, let's continue it. Um, and he, obviously, they all knew JD was coming back off injury, so he was going to be the third fiddle. It was just a matter of working all three in there because you no, know, even start the season, we thought Scotty. We didn't know he was going to redshirt. So we got four bigs here, but we were like, okay, of course he he probably will redshirt, but you got to work in these three bigs. And Anthony's just been spotty all season in his minutes. Like we said, he's he's hasn't done great in some games. He's been in in little action, but relatively he's done pretty well. Um, and I do I do think that says a lot for the fact that um, yeah, he, it seemed like he is wasted for him, but he did come back and he thought they were, had they had something going in this one. So, and you mentioned you know with. Marcus guarding Chris Knight and vice versa. We thought when Chris Knight was guarding Marcus, that's when he tried to beat him off the dribble. But Knight was just too too good overall, shot blocking and moving his speed to do it. Um, mismatches in general uh, were not good. We had to do something different in this series, and we didn't. And then it paid it paid dividends for Loyal at the end with finishing games. Um, like I said, I think all of our guys just wore down at the end. I think you, you yeah you can't cut your bench against teams like that, uh, even though you have a team and you allow. Loyola to shoot thirty-one uh, percent for the game. You shot tw- you shot twenty-nine point six. So, like we said, another game that was clearly there for the taking because there was no scoring at all. But you were just keeping it even the whole way out. But you weren't able to finish the deal. It's just those those opportunities to score that you just can't because we we're like Lance and Cash had perfect opportunity or had plays drawn up for them to score. You know on drives, but they both just turn it over because they're just overwhelmed on defense. Or for Loyola's defense, they can't kick it out. They just try to force the shot, and then that's just wasted instantly. So um, it's all about what they do after the fact, whether it's coming out of breaks or at the end of your base offense. So, yeah, another really, really bad game in terms of how you finish. Um, and it was a snooze fest, but we know we can be, play with Loyola. We're not going to see them again if we were to go on a run and see them in the Valley Tournament, which is unfortunate. Because uh, we do think, obviously, we're there with them and played well in this game. When you hold Lucas Williams from the shooting two of 12, uh, you're doing something right. You're just not able to. You know, when you have a guy like Chris Knight getting a season season high, there's really nothing you can do. So, no final thoughts in this game. Yep, uh, another frustrating loss. Uh, um, positive thing is you held the one of the top two teams in the conference and a top 25 team, in my opinion, in the country. 244 points, but uh, you only could score 39. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's almost those are one of that one right there is almost one of those just um, maybe uh, throw away the tape and let's move forward because uh, you got a big you got a big stretch ahead where you can take advantage of some of these um, teams in the valley and uh, but yeah it's another frustrating loss you should be able to finish that off. Um, because if you think about it, you finish that game off there just like you did the Indiana State game, be able to find some key shots in the last last minutes of the game. Um, what what that can get you going on a run like that, especially having another home game after two days off against Valpo, who's struggling right now. Bingo. So uh, quickly, yeah, the fact that we did have a little bit of a hostile environment, 4,315 fans were there. We know it was, I think it was uh, – FFA night, so a lot of people, I think a lot of high schoolers were there, but there was a pretty, really, really good dog pound. It was a decent crowd. It was rowdy. It was, it had, did have that kind of environment. Um, and Brian said that uh, 
He said, quote, that was an NCAA tournament game, a championship level game, a Sunday CBS St. Louis type game, um, which in terms of closeness, but quality of action, I'd say that probably was not. And I, I compared it earlier to like a shutout in baseball or a pitcher's duel in baseball. You know, there's ugly at bats, but then there's ugly offensive possessions to make it like I didn't mind the game last night because I knew it was close. If We could just keep it close the whole way. It wasn't pretty, obviously, but um yeah, it's one of those – I wouldn't say NCAA tournament kind of game, but that's just showing that we know we can play with them. So if we see them down the road, so be it. He had a couple other quotes. So, yeah, that's how that went. So we are 3-6 and six in conference now with Valpo waiting. We will preview them at the very end and the part two of facing. So, I mean, Illinois State's the only team we haven't played this year, and we'll play them near the end of the season. So we'll get the preview part two of Valpo at the end. Um, so, no, what other, what other games have been going on around the Valley? Yeah, we go to Tuesday um, where we, we dropped one. But uh, the other game on Tuesday night, um, what everybody thought that Missouri State coming off a top 25 win on the road at Loyola um, would go to Terre Haute and take care of the trees. Um, without Cooper Knees, the trees knock off Missouri State 76-72. Um, Cam Henry lifting them 16 points. Isaiah Mosley. Um, scored 25. I guess he can do that in his sleep now, it feels like. Um, but 16 points, eight, re- eight rebounds from Cam Henry. Um, Zach Hodds added 15 and 6. Um, that's a big win. Ended a four-game losing streak um, for the trees. So Nick Hittle, um, who, a guy who doesn't hit threes, I believe they ended up hitting 14 of 27. I believe 11, 11 of those threes were in the first half. They had a 41-29 lead at halftime. Um, that just shows you um, what the trees can do. Josh Schertz is doing a heck of a job. So if he ever can get a full club and uh, add some talent to that team down the road, they're scary. For sure. And the fact that they were at home where they played really great at, and Missouri State did storm back 25 by Isaiah with 12 rebounds. Like we said, and he's only shooting five threes, but he's getting everything he wants in the paint. 12 rebounds is a lot. You can't keep him off the boards. Cram with 15 and four. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Cam Henry, we, we dodged a bullet with not seeing him, but we'll see him at some point soon. And no, Xavier Bledson, who dominated us, comes off the bench. He started that one game because there was no uh, Cam Hen- Cam Henry. But, I mean, just the fact that, of course, he comes off the bench doesn't do anything. It's like when, when you start him, you'll definitely win. So they need to maybe add him in there at some point. But they are a quality team. We know Robbie Vila next year, they will be quality 100%. Yep. Uh, going to Wednesday, um... Looking at Evansville, who coming off their first uh, Valley win of the year, um, Northern Iowa went to Evansville. Uh, it's a tough place for everybody to play, apparently. Um, every every um, team going in there has played close games. Um, A.J. Green carried them with 18 points to get a 64-59 win. Um, thank God Evansville's in the conference or we'd be the lowest scoring team in the conference. Yeah, they're just not, and even like Gibbons only shooting nine times, that's just not enough. He's got to lead the way. As we talked about, like Fred or King's been inconsistent. Uh, Butchamp had 13 off the bench, but it looks like Newton's gotten going. He's shooting a lot more than Gibbons, and seems like seems like lately the A.J. Green 18 to lead the way. Then uh, Bradley uh, went on the road at Valpo, and uh, Bradley's uh, starting to turn the tide and looking like that team um, they become in in March usually when they get to St. Louis, but uh, Rink Mast turning it on 17 points to lead the way for Bradley. Um, Malevi Leon's 12 points. Terry Roberts turned in 13. Um, 
that is a big win on the road. Um, we went up there and got a win, so uh, but uh, struggling Valpo right now. Yeah, and we're catching them at, catching them at a good time, but we know their quality. Know real quickly some injury news on them. Trevor Anderson's out for the year, isn't he? Correct, with a back injury, and I believe they didn't have Kithier with a back injury in this game. So, um, no wonder they lost by fifteen. Their their older players are coming with the back injury. Um, maybe their old guys are wearing out, maybe a little bit. In the final game on Wednesday night, Drake went on the road to Illinois State. Um, we know Illinois State um, lost one of their better players for the year, but they put on the fight against the Bulldogs, uh, went into overtime. A um, little controversy at the end of the game. Uh, if you watch the replay, Antonio Reeves gets hacked, a no-foul call, um, an 89-88 win for the Bulldogs, um, led by Tucker DeVries' 18 points. And um, old Garrett Sturts, uh, another double-double, 14-11. Um, I know I listen to the March of the Arch pod, and they're they're trying to get it, but I'm I'm on board with them. Get Garrett Sturts on the first team almost. Yeah, for sure. There's guys we can pinpoint that could fit that, but he's been consistent the whole way. Um, Josiah Strong had to come up big with Chapman going down. He had 17. Uh, and they had, I mean, McC- McChesney came in 14. Uh, Lewis was 14. Um, so, yeah, they did put up a fight. Uh, Tank, was this his first game back? Yes. And he had 15. And you said he was catching alley-oops with the 7 of 12, 7 rebounds. Yeah, they, they will be the ultimate scary with him. And he did come off the bench 21 minutes. Um, and, yeah, they start that semi-small lineup like they did against us. But Sturts kind of can play the big. I mean, they played a lot of minutes in this one being in overtime. And you're right. I mean, Antonio Reeves didn't get called. He's one of the stars of the league and wouldn't get a call like that. So that's interesting. But, again, Drake had everyone in their starters uh, above 10 points. Yeah, and then looking ahead to this weekend, the matchups we got. Um, tomorrow, 1 o'clock, Illinois State goes on the road to Northern Iowa. Um, see what happens there. That should be a good good ball game. Then uh, 7 p.m. tomorrow night, Evansville hits the road, gets to go to Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Missouri State's probably not too happy, so I feel sorry for Evansville. That will be a butt-whooping, I think. Yeah, and even we just saw Missouri State's having these uh, Toon Squad, Space Jam kind of bear, bear squad things are given out to fans there, so it should be a decent crowd. Yeah, it'll be it'll probably be a blowout. Then on Sunday, one o'clock, Indiana State takes takes the road to Bradley. That should be a pretty game. pretty good ball game. But the way Bradley's playing right now, um, they should take care of business, in my opinion. Then one o'clock, um, getting a nationwide TV game, ESPN two. Loyola goes on the road to the Knapp Center to face Drake Bulldogs. Um, should be a really good game. Um, I'll, I'll be make sure to tune into that one if I can um, before our game. Definitely national TV worthy. Yeah, we have the 4 o'clock on Sunday game with Val Bobanoa. What, what do the standings look like now? With And we'll have the probabilities as well. Yeah, looking at the standings right now, you got the 7-1 Loyola Ramblers. Um, then you got Three teams with six wins. You got the six and two Drake Bulldogs, six and three Missouri State um, Bears, and the Northern Iowa Panthers at six and three. Um, five and four Bradley Braves, who's turned it on right now. They have solidified that fifth spot for now. Uh, Illinois State three and five. Valpo three and six. Here we are in eighth place right now at three and six. Um, that should change Sunday if we can take care of business. We should jump up a couple spots. Then uh, two and five Indiana State, then one and seven Evansville. Yeah, we talked about this. We definitely Sunday is a huge game because if we could sweep sweep Valpo, they're the team that'll be 
with us, I think, for that six spot. Hopefully, I mean, Illinois State, if they can play like that without Chapman, then they'll be all right. But uh, we thought with that injury, they could, you know, it'll be us three. Indiana State can win, but they're, you know, they're two and five. They're obviously just right behind us. So it'll be a battle for that six seed. It's just taking care of, like we said, we, when we go at Indiana State, will be tough. But then we haven't even played Illinois State yet. Sunday is an enormous game. So what's the uh, prediction probability thing? Yeah, the probabilities for us, just our stat, just our percentages. Um, you have a 1% shot at the three seed, a 3% shot at the four, a 10% at the five. Um, looking at the other percentages, a 1% at 10 seed. So um, 11% at nine, 17 at eight. 25 for seven and your highest percentage is a 33 percent chance at the sixth seed which we've been talking about it trying to figure out where teams will fit off that's probably your best shot at maybe trying to make a run in the tournament yeah and i think the utmost knowing that we get you and i and bradley both at least one more time and you hope for other upsets or victories uh four or five seed i mean obviously in terms of the tournament how it plays out but you want to play a team like that that you're evenly matched with to an extent that be a three seed and play a drake or missouri state uh which i mean the valley's so deep that it's worst case scenario whatever it would be and with those zero and one percentage to get in the top three obviously we're too big of a hole to do that unless we just win out uh but it's all unfortunate yeah and we'll like i said we see this every now and then so that'll it changes, it fluctuates obviously as games go on. So yeah, hopefully we can get some help around a little bit, but we got to take care of our own business. Um, yeah, no, that's how that looks. But and obviously we just looked. I don't think there's any other news around outside of Trevor Anderson, is there? There is not. So um, and then well, we know UIC got official, official, official. Um, just the other day, we talked about it on Monday. But uh, Commissioner Jackson was there, and all of their personnel were talking at the podium to welcome them. Uh, Jeff Jackson, who talked with Andy Katz about some stuff, but he said, quote, uh, that day when they announced them, quote, a great addition for the Valley, UIC's combination of academics, location, facilities, financial commitment to athletic success, and leadership will enhance the brand of the Missouri Valley and the experiences of our student-athletes. Which obviously, yeah, we did see that. It was a good time. We saw the geographical uh, picture, and I even uh, when he was talking, to Andy Cass talked about you know, geographical helps. They talked about the ability to uh, drive and stuff, which we thought, well, the, the teams furthest away from each other, you and I and Belmont, that'll be a fly in the Nashville. That's what teams like Belmont will thrive off of. And I mean, it's not that far from Murray. They could find the, you know, whatever to get to certain places. We say, yeah, they'll fly, but he said, as long as it's accessible to bus to an extent that that's what they've wanted all along, to an extent. But, no, what else did you take away from that presser? Um, anything stuck out? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good addition. I think uh, they're kind of uh, getting getting uh, Coach Yaklich back in the Valley is a pretty good job for us. Uh, he was on that Illinois State staff. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of a struggling program right now, but uh, he hasn't been there very long. I think he's maybe – he's like Brian Mullins, maybe in his second or third season. So, uh yeah, it's a good to get him back in the Valley, and it's interesting. I think Andy Katz was talking about maybe a 20-game schedule. Is that what correct? Yeah, he said that – Jeff said that they're looking to make it 20 games, not have any more or any less. Obviously, uh, that's what they're probably banking on, uh, which 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 makes sense, right? I mean, that would make it I – mean, we play 18, it would just – you add those games in there. So you're only going to play two teams once? Right. It seems like we'll be playing uh, – 
I don't know. And it's tough to pinpoint who that is. So I'd say like the Northern Iowa teams would probably play Belmont and Murray once. Yeah, once every once every year and we'd probably maybe play them once every year or something like that. Because that's how it goes with other conferences, right? The ones that like the A ten or the Big Ten or A A ten and Big Ten that have like fifteen teams. It probably happens a lot of places. So um yeah, that's the case. So welcome UIC officially. Uh there'll be more on them. Because I think the Valley tweeted about something with them and the others. As soon as July 1st gets here, it'll be definitely kick-starting uh, when this summer hits. So, no others, all that. Wanted to cover all that stuff. Now let's – or we do have a Cade Hornecker update, don't we? Yeah, uh, he uh, – him and his team played the other night. They won 71-41. Um, he had 18 points. Uh, the Valpo – or the Valpo – Villanova commit uh, led the way with 30. Um, 18 points for Cade uh, – He's, uh, they're having a pretty good season. They're dominating a lot of guys, so uh, good to see. Yeah, I'm glad he's not going to Valpo. But, yeah, we, watching some of the tape, we just followed a guy that covers the news in Amarillo, and he had a highlights, and they're an offensive rebounding juggernaut. I don't know what the competition they play, but the one going to UT Arlington was getting every board. It's like they were getting a, every offensive board and either finishing him and Cade or they were kicking it out to the Nova uh, commit, and they were just demolishing teams. And if he's putting up 18, I like that. I'm sure he's put up a lot of rebounds as well. So we've talked about him, you know, in terms of wanting him in here. So we'll talk about that, Noah. Uh, or real fast, we let's mention Ben Harvey because we remember whenever he was still dealing with his thing and he had a interview with Rodney to give like an update on himself, and he said that he was avoiding surgery and all this stuff, and then, um, you know. He, and then he came back and played a little bit, and then now we haven't seen him since then, and really nobody's talking about it. Uh, we remember Steven at the end of every year, whatever game it was, talking about we support him and all this stuff. Um, and obviously they're supporting each other, and we, Trent mentioned you know help from Ben. And so Ben's there like spiritually and competently, but he's just not healthy. No one's asking Brian about the situation, uh, which I really wish they would. Uh, because we've talked, I mean, this is just weird, no? I mean, we know people that know Ben that we can ask around uh, to, to find out. Because, I mean, if no one else is going to ask Brian, we, we want to figure out. Because, like we said, we, we could be needing his eight to ten points a game. Yeah, we could definitely, he'd be a big, big boost to this offense. That's where we're struggling a lot. Um, yeah, it's it's just, other not other than that, uh, that we could use him. I would just like an update overall to see how he's doing. Obviously, we see him. Um, looks pretty good on the sidelines. Looks like nothing, no ailments or anything. But um, I'd like to have an update or something. Um, we talked about today, maybe asking around, see if we could find some details ourselves. Or so uh, we just, we just hope he's doing well and hopefully he can get back soon. Um, just hope it's not an injury that's going to stay with him that he had to make a decision like Bryson Strong had to do with football. I don't think it would be. Um, but yeah, we would just like an update. Yeah, well, whatever. Forget what was it with Bryson. It was like more. It wasn't like an internal injury, like his with, hand. Yeah, with what Ben's dealing with an internal injury. I feel like that would be a lot more career-ending, um, you know. But you know, Bryson had a, a you know his own future to look forward to, so he could go away with football. You know, I'm sure Ben with you know some eligibility left clearly that he would like to continue to play. We don't know if that's his status at all. Just the fact that we're not having him this year, we don't know what his future entails yeah clearly that i mean Noah, he's he's getting his spot taken you know right now we could use him but even though we know foster wonders same kind of still skill sets right behind him to take his spots like where's ben gonna fit in 
moving forward, we know we can put him in here somehow, but it's almost like he's he's ruining his, his absolute chance to uh, be on this team moving forward in terms of minutes. We don't know what the status of him will be either here or whether he transfers, retires. We don't know. We will ask around, and we'll, and we'll talk about it on the next uh, upcoming podcast, uh, talk about maybe his status, or hopefully they talk about him before then. So now, Noah, before we uh, cover Valpo for the second time, Let's talk about where we stand as a program. We were talking earlier today, you know, there's a lot of people talking and frustrated, rightfully so, because the record is not there this year and, you know, the games weren't able to finish. There's a lot of frustration out there and a lot of people asking for jobs. Uh, to You know, some people are, like, legit on, you know, firing of Brian Mullins right now, and it's sad that it's to this point. Um, you know, third year in, we talked about the stuff that the first uh, two years had to happen with, you know, the expectations and how fun that first year was. We talked about that. Like, Barrett Benson paved the way in the Brian Mullins era. And that game was – that season was fun. They had a lot of great games. Missouri State buzzer beater, the win against UNI, uh, the win against uh, whoever else I'm thinking of. Just great wins uh, that propelled us to the five seed and almost beat that Bradley team that won the Valley Tournament. Um, that was a quality year. And last year, 7-0 beat Butler – soon as Marcus goes down, we falter, even though we we talked about momentum building before the tournament in February. You want to be playing your best, and we were when we almost beat Loyola twice at their place. Um, and then, you obviously, you, you beat Bradley, and then you get killed by them. So those are your first two years. Second year was whatever because of COVID and Marcus. Then over this year, outside of Ben and Trent not um, you know, being healthy from for certain stints, but it's not like you're losing one of your best players. You're just losing key role players at times. Uh, I mean, there's really been no excuse for this team. Like, you have new faces in here, really cashes it, um, and you're not in Troy, and you're not playing two other freshmen. That There's really no other reason for this team to not be good, and they have been good. It's just, you know, we know why they obviously they haven't won games. But, no, what, what's your opinion on, obviously, the first three years, what it looks? Because, I mean, if we compare it to three, to the first three years of other coaches in, in, in years past, that it's semi-similar and it just takes time. Yeah, we we talked about this um, from the beginning. How what it's going to take take time to build a program, and they talk about having they have the I think Brian mentions a lot um, building this program, having those um, having Marcus and Lance being those foundation pieces um, to build this program. And uh, I I told you today maybe we are we were. Um, we just overachieved in that first year, so maybe we're a little bit spoiled of ex- expecting this thing to just turn around quicker than it was supposed to. And uh, and I um, we we got in a conversation about um, just records of coaches yesterday, and uh, seeing those seeing those guys on a lot of things yesterday that call, after the game calling for Mullins' job and stuff like that. Um, I'm one of this team's biggest critics, but. This the, he's the he's the guy for the job. I wasn't a fan right away of the hire. I thought they should have went outside the Southern Illinois ties circle, but he is the guy for the job. And I was just looking at other, um, just looking at guys that had success. Um, um, Porter Moser at Loyola, yeah, he was in the Horizon League for the first two years of his job, um, but it 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 took four of his fourth year he started winning, and after his fourth year. He went five hundred or under five two games hundred five hundred again. So he didn't start winning until almost his fifth or sixth year to be really consistent. 
And that fourth year is the where they won that CBI championship, which we've talked about. If we get an opportunity and have a decent enough record to get into that, we need to jump on that opportunity. And uh, it just takes time. And people, I, I would say we're after that first year, um, that roster was it was picked last, but we all know that roster was better than the last place team in the Valley. And I think we just got a little bit spoiled and people just jumped to conclusions. Because I talk about a lot, um, a lot of people said this shows the year, and I'm like, it's year three. I don't think that's right. Um, I thought Marcus and Marcus's and Lance's senior year was probably about the year is where you could make an absolute run and maybe win a win a game in the tournament. Would that would be the year or something like that? But um, yeah, it's it's just it's just frustrating seeing that. It takes time to build programs. It's people need to realize it, and I think maybe that first year um, just overachieving like we did and seeing the success and the fun we had that season. And what we all know what happened last year, I think, uh, and I talk about in recruiting, I think after that first year, we started we started to grow a little bit of momentum, and last year just killed it, and we all know why, but it's killed the momentum, so we got to find a little bit of momentum. And we've seen this team's battling with the top teams in the league, so a couple wins here and there down the stretch here to get us going and maybe um, make a run to Saturday in March can do a lot of things, and maybe you can get a CBI, CIT, um, chance in the postseason. So, uh, yeah, people just need to relax. It's going to take time. Um, I know I've been a lot of negative on this team, but I've, I've, I've come to the face this team, this season, it is what it is. got to expect it. Um, nothing to get these kids. I, I, I love this team, but um, if you look at it, we're relying on some D2 transfers, a Sun Belt transfer. Um, but it is what it is. It's, it's the team's battling. You can't – we're not – we're talking – this team battles every night. Um, the effort they give, we, we can't appreciate it enough. But it is what it is. We just got to find ways to fix it. And I know they keep working on it, Brian said. And that little highlight thing they tweeted today that uh, they just got a, the coaching staff's working on ways to fix the offense a little bit here and there. So um, they got to put work in. We know they're putting work in. And uh, like you keep saying, we just a couple games here and there and have the ball bounce our way. Exactly. I think that's – we talked about that's the sole difference. Like it's it's one thing if we were like Evansville, like and you wouldn't expect to be, but it's like when you when you lose the game's bad. I think that's when you definitely can call for jobs, especially just how you lose. And wins are wins, and losses are losses at the end of the day, and that's what matters. But it's just knowing that yeah, those little bitty things that can go your way to make those wins. Um, but yeah, a lot of things. Uh, you mentioned um, Porter. Yeah, it took him four or five years. Uh, and even Barry, Noah Barry obviously took over a crappy program from some people um, to where it kind of was in the trenches for him. And he built it up to get those 20-win teams. We talked about Anthony Anthony Bean Jr.-led teams that were really fun. We were looking back on the seasons earlier this week, and it was fun uh, then. And he built it up, even though obviously it was just time. When, when, when it was his time, it was time. But, uh, you know. He had he had quality teams, but it did. It took time for him, and he, his circumstance is different. You're right. Porter had to take four or five years to get them. And granted, I mean, talk about when you have four or five bad years to work yourself into a Final Four, a consistent tournament team, Sweet 16 team. Like that is the ultimate prize. Like it's always those teams that end, enter the valley or just are in the valley, like Creighton, Wichita, and Loyola. Now they're all leaving for bigger and better things after success. And I'm, even before Doug McDermott got there, even when like Kyle Corbett was there. So Creighton had a long run of success, you know, even going back, obviously, to when we had our great success. And even 
Wichita State, you know what, their, their run was about unbelievable. You know, they didn't really have, I'm sure they had some darker times. They're in a dark time now with basketball with, obviously, total coaching changes. I see some of their fans want to come back to the Valley. That's how bad they're having time. So, um, if you think we're struggling, they're struggling worse than we are. Exactly. And we know they've had a great fan base. Even Jamal Tatum said if it wasn't at our arena, he'd love playing at Wichita. We recall when they had, when they were great, their fans were great. They took over the Valley tournaments. Uh, just a far cry, but uh, just in terms of the little success they have to leave as well. But it does take time, you know, and the fact that uh, the circumstance the first two years, like I said, there isn't a whole lot to this year. There's really been nothing in your way. It's just consistency has been in your way. Um, but in terms of, like, the uh, the uh, expectations coming to this year, I think they were warranted. I mean, we remember discussing, like, well, we get Marcus healthy. You don't know how those lower body injuries are going to be for him or J.D. J.D. was a top 25-ranked JUCO player coming out. We stole him from Missouri State, finally get him healthy. Tyler, obviously, we talked about it. He was an all-freshman member, going to have a really good year, right? And Dalton, same thing, inconsistent. But, like, those expectations coming in, J.D. and Lance. You know, Lance was, what, was he a second or third team member last year? His momentum, and you add these freshmen, we assume neither. All of them were really, weren't really going to play, and Troy did. You add Cashin, who was a freak athlete, was getting looked at by teams, and you see some of the teams he was getting looked at, looked at by uh, before the, we got him. DePaul, Mizzou, Western Kentucky, um, Illinois State was on there, UIC, so pretty, some pretty good ball clubs. Yeah, and, and just the fact that they were honing in on him, they wanted him, we stole him. We know the connections with Maman we've talked about. It's like it's like knowing you had the pieces, just that extra year of ex- experience for those guys that we were banking on. And, no other, and that's where it seemed like the year because uh, off of the awful year, it seemed like it because we knew we were going to be deep. And obviously we didn't know the whole thing with injuries before, and it just took a hit. But, no, I think that all changed, knowing you mentioned the four or five years. It would make sense, the trajectory, for that to happen to us now, thinking because Kate Hornecker, I think, changes everything. You mentioned the recruiting, and this is the biggest recruit we've had in a while. It, it's, you know, star-wise and whatever-wise, it's the biggest to Brian, even though he stole Marcus and he kept Lance on. But Kate's the biggest recruit. He's landed. It's all about landing that other guy that we want for next year, but we know the turnover that could happen around the Valley. We know these great teams will keep adding, but it did seem like that next year. And uh, just because, and especially when you have a stepping stone this year of close that with the turnover around the way and you add Kate, I think next year does seem like it, but yeah, this team and Brian's talked about so many times. You want to get hot in February. We like our schedule at points to this upcoming month. It's about riding the ship and knowing you can get between four and six, hopefully, and get to that point. Because I feel like if this team can get high, you know, the way we play defensively and all this stuff, that it could favor us at, at some point down the way. And anything can happen in the Valley Tournament. Uh, but you're right, we mentioned Bradley earlier that they're a team that's getting hot going into February, that you don't want to play them in tournament time. Anything can happen. We know we can't play with all these teams. It, it is, and it's understandable from a lot of people's perspective. And we're not winning. We're not you know, finishing games as to why people would feel that way, but not firing a coach yet. We know the contract that he has just in general, but you, this is barely not even full three years yet. Um, after next year, if we don't do anything, then people can fully start to say that. It's just one more year, but no, we know. Murray State and Belmont are coming. So that's wherever you talk about the turnover at other teams that are already in the Valley, but you add those teams and they could make it 100% harder but that's just the the nature of the game. That's what we want. We want the Valley to be quality and good. We want to add teams like this to make the Valley like well-known 
uh, for sure. And, and we talked about if we hopefully if we schedule oil a non-conference, Brian was you know mentioned that, and even stuff like SLU or something we'll have next year. So just think of what the schedule could be along with the team we could have. It's all big wait and see. But I'd say we're in pretty good standing. Everyone, Noah, everyone, commentators, Drew Valentine, I know their friends. So many people have talked about Brian. They know what he can do. We know the defensive culture that we can have here and how close we are in these games. Our defense can help us in games. It's just those little bitty things offensively to help us in these games. So that's where we stand on that. Unless you have any final thoughts before we talk about Valpo. But we would say that Brian is definitely the guy. It takes time. He's got a good staff. It's just when the bad's bad, it's good. But people need to just hold off, let it play out, see what happens, and they'll let us know how the season will obviously end up by the end of it. So. Um, Noah, unless you have anything else, let's jump into Valpo for the second time. Yeah, I was just going to add on. You have to, if you take into fact, obviously our team would look a little different. Um, but uh, the the throwing the wrench uh, with this this extra COVID years, this valley would look um, so much different. You, we would be a top three team. But um, just a quick note on that. Then yeah, uh, Drake bringing the whole team back. Then, like, come the, on. then uh, so does Loyola minus Crutwig. But uh, obviously they had some couple transfers. But uh, yeah, they, it's just. I know Brian talks. He's mentioned national championships. Floors won a battle for that. Um, as a Saluki fan, I'm not asking for that. I'm just asking for um, maybe a, a chance to play on Sunday and maybe getting a chance to see us on Selection Sunday one more time and then maybe before I die, at least one more time. Hopefully it's multiple. But um, I know Brian, he has national championship on my mind. And if that doesn't tell you what this guy is willing to do as a coach, um, he's through 2020, 2025 people. He's not going anywhere as much as people don't like it. Um, some people out there, but just relax. Um, we got better things. We got a broader future to look forward to. And we got a big game Sunday. Yeah. And quickly, I remember we were talking earlier this week or just the other day or yesterday on if we, what we can never expect to ever play in a final four in this day and age of basketball, like Loyola has or Wichita state has. But, no, it's just the fact that, you know, we haven't done it in so long. We crave it so much. It would be just, you know, it, it would make our lives to an extent of finally being able to win a Valley tournament again and just get on Selection Sunday. Like, we crave that stuff. It would literally almost makes me in tears and gives me chills thinking about it because that's what we strive for. You have the expectations to want to be good in the NCAA tournament, but just the fact that you know you can get back there. And, if that, and obviously, this season, it's way to be seen, but – at some point, and, that, and that's the ultimate goal is getting to that point. It's just whatever happens in that happens because we talked about what scene we would be and such, but um, that's the ultimate goal and the dream is to just get to that point and know that you can be at the top of your league and represent yourself in the biggest stage, and whatever happens after that happens, but that is the ultimate goal. So what do these beacons look like? Yeah, we are tied with them in the standings at 3-6 and six in the Valley. Um, to remind everybody what happened in the first matchup, we went on the road – um, we had a 10-point lead at halftime, was able to somehow hang on with a 63-60 win. Uh, Marcus Damas led the way with 23 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. Um, that's what we're going to probably expect from him this weekend. Um, Kithier, Tricky, they gave us problems. Kobe King had 18 points in that game. Um, but looking at them now, um, they're 10-11 overall, just like us. So uh, we match up pretty well against them. I think this is a better team. I know they lose Trevor Anderson. Trevor Anderson didn't have him in the first matchup. Um, but this is a – Crickies leading the way with 14 points a game. Kobe King, 14 points a game. So uh, those two are guys to watch out for. Uh, we know how lucky we got with Kavion Taylor missing a lot of open shots last game. 
I probably won't help him. Sheldon Edwards is a stud, a young stud. Uh, they get those. They find guys like that. Um, then Kithier, back injury, do not know. Expect him to play, like we said. Um, Preston Rudinger is a walk-on. He's been really impressive um, this year for them. Uh, so it's an interesting matchup. Uh, just looking at a couple stats here. Think, and we are now um, we are at the Banterra Center this year. Um, we're just allowing 55.7 points a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we know they can score. We know Kobe. I mean, all these guys are Division One transfers, most of them, for a reason. Uh, going back to that first game, though, I'm just looking at it. I mean, Marcus had 23 points, 9 of 12 shooting, 3 of 4 from 3, 7 rebounds. Six, like, that was his peak, probably best game of the year. We're going to need that, obviously, again. But this was obviously, we remember, the breakout game for Dalton Banks. Had 14 saved us in this one because – they storm back, and yeah, if it wasn't for a missed couple shots from Kevion Taylor, that game's totally different. And yeah, I mean, Trevor Anderson leads him in assists, and he won't. We won't be seeing him. Obviously, Sheldon Edwards started against us last game, didn't do a whole lot. He's been coming off the bench, but I'm sure he'll probably find his way starting now that Anderson's officially out. And they have Diavaro, and they have Aaron Gordon, who's really not doing a whole lot. So. We know they're a good team, though. There should be no reason of like looking over them any ounce. Any ounce of it, but yeah, they they still score over seventy points a game this year. You just said fifty five we allow at home this year. They allow almost as much as they score though, so they're a team that will give it up as much as take it. Uh, we know they're really good in the paint against us. That'll be something to look after. Kithier was really smooth last game and Cricky. We couldn't stop either. It'll it'll be a, it'll be a tough game again. They rebound us on the season, out rebound us on the season, but we know we've we've out rebounded Loyola twice and Bradley before that. They're probably the two best rebounding teams in the Valley. So um, I'm sure Vapo's up there as well. But I think that will be a pivotal point once again. They shoot well from the field. Ours is way down after last game of, of, as well as our points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, quality team. They, I mean, their games this year, they've been either blown out or play close. They barely beat. They were the only team to win at Indiana State in the Valley uh, so far this year, and they beat you and I in overtime. So, uh, kind of wishwashy of their season so far, but no, we know they know we know they can beat us. Clearly, we're lucky we get them at home if we sweep them. Because, like we said, for the standings' sake, this would be a big one to, to sweep them. Yeah, this is a big one. This is one. This is a must-win for both teams. If we're being honest, um, especially where the standings are starting to turn out, um, this is. I think this one. I said last night could have been one, but I think this is one. Um, if you get if you get going here, we know we get Missouri State at home. Um, starting going on a little stretch. You got two home games. Um, we think we can beat anybody in this league at home, and we expect to. So uh, this is another game, another good opportunity to maybe start in a stretch. This is starting to get in February here. Um, we need to start playing some good basketball, putting some complete games um, together, find out what's wrong with our offense, make some adjustments here. Um, I was just thinking about our offense real quick. Just a side note is uh, if you look at Marcus Damas's assist numbers, they are going down. So what does that mean? Um, when you post him up, that means everybody becomes statues. They're not cutting the basket like they used to. So maybe that's what's wrong with our offense. Everybody just comes statues and standing around. There's no – just everything's stagnant, no ball movement. So maybe just a small adjustment there to get that off. But, yeah, that's a good opportunity. Um, expected another decent crowd at the Sunday – I don't know how Sunday night games usually work out. I don't really – Usually Sunday afternoon, about one, one or two, we usually have, but four o'clock's a little weird. But uh, I expect another good crowd. We're still leading the way um, in attendance in the valley, so with tickets sold at least, 
Um, so uh, it's another good opportunity to turn around uh, coming off three straight losses here. Yeah, we know it got pushed back to Sunday because of the Loyola moved game to our place yesterday. Uh, so it is a rare Sunday game, but 4 o'clock is a decent time for people to come out, barring weather. I don't think it'll be too bad. We know it's been spitting stuff today. Um, but, yeah, especially, I mean, just in terms of standings, this is a big game. But, you know, you host Missouri State after that, and then you're at Illinois State, which is a tough place to play. And they're a team you, like, you could beat or that could beat you, and then you go to you and I. So it's a tough little stretch before we have an okay stretch in February. Brian Mullins wants to play our best in February, so we'll see how that would happen at that point. But, yeah, Balfour will be a tough game. 4 o'clock on Sunday. We have big plans tomorrow. We'll be out of town. Um, we'll more than likely be there for that Sunday home game uh, because when he's benefiting off of having these three, another homestand of three games, you need to do something with it. We went one and two last time, and this seems like the game we would win knowing Missouri State's right on deck. Uh, so, yeah, you just had your final thoughts there overall. Uh, looking forward to – just playing better basketball, obviously, and turning this turning this season around on the, on the good note. Get some of these people that are uh, kind of dogging the team in a better mood in terms of whatever going into March to where anything can happen. So we'll be looking forward to that Valpo game on Sunday on ESPN+. Plus. No spreads, no anything yet because we are two days away. We'll be looking forward to that game. So for Nick Malone, Alert. we'll see you guys next time. Go dogs.